Flavor Catalog, a valuable marketing tool for Central American cacao exporters. CBI, together with the EU, SICA, and local partners, is creating a flavor catalog. This catalog profiles 60 specially selected cacao samples from six Central American countries. The catalog is one of many outcomes of the Connecting Central America project. It is a valuable tool for promoting the Central American varieties of fine-flavored cacao. Representatives from organizations involved in creating the catalog share its importance. They also talk about some of the challenges they have faced and the benefits the catalog will have for farmers, exporters, and the region. Two goals, more knowledge and more exports. With support from the European Union and the Secretariat for Economic Integration of Central America, SICA, the Connecting Central America project focuses on empowering cacao businesses and helping them sell their products to top clients. Jorn Berger, CBI's cacao and chocolate consultant in Central America, explains how the flavor catalog unites these two goals. For the catalog, we train producers and tasting panelists on First, sensory evaluation, and second, how the post-harvest process affects the flavor of their beans. This is something we have worked on since the beginning of this four-year project. At the same time, the catalog will be a promotional tool. Cacao producers can share it with buyers at trade fairs and other matchmaking activities. They can use it to show the diversity of Central American cacao and promote their products at an international level. Rocio Fales-Sales coordinates the cacao program for the Ministry of Agriculture and Livestock of Costa Rica. She confirms the value of the catalog for producers. Rocio explains, many cacao producers are unaware of the quality of their beans. Or they lack the vocabulary to describe the flavor profile in detail. The flavor catalog will help them demonstrate the quality of their cacao and negotiate accordingly. Many cacao producers are unaware of the quality of their beans. Or they lack the vocabulary to describe the flavor profile in detail. The flavor catalog will help them demonstrate the quality of their cacao and negotiate accordingly. To prevent a flavor catalog based on subjective opinions, a tasting panel determines the flavor profiles. The panel follows internationally recognized guidelines, including the International Standards for the Assessment of Cacao Quality and Flavor ISCQF, and the Cacao of Excellence COEX, Assessment. Sustainable Cacao Production and Flavor Diversity The Flavor Catalog is a digital and printable document. It describes 60 cacao samples from the six countries participating in the project. Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama. Each country also proposed tasters for the tasting panel. Rocio highlights the importance of this regional teamwork. When it comes to fine flavor cacao, we want to profile ourselves as the region of Central America and not as individual countries. She says, this catalog allows us to position ourselves as one region with sustainable cacao production and diversity of flavors. Alvaro Moreno is a specialist in agro-industrial export development with the Export and Investment Promotion Agency of El Salvador, Proisa. He adds, we can achieve more together. 
Collaborating like this also means that the results are objective and transparent. No one can change the results in their favor. CBI plans to present the flavor catalog in June 2022. Each country will receive a template to use as a starting point. We provide a template for producers, business support organizations, ministries of agriculture, and the region of Central America, Yearn explains. It is impossible to include everything, so the aim is to show a range of available qualities. Later, each party can add samples or focus on different aspects. Users can redesign the template, meaning they do not need to start from the beginning each time. Setting up a tasting panel Alvaro explains that one of the biggest challenges of this project was logistics. We are currently fine-tuning the tasting panel, he says. It involves collecting 10 g cacao paste samples from various producers and sending them to each taster. Postal and courier services face infrastructural challenges in Central America. There is also a lot of phytosanitary paperwork involved. Once the tasters have the samples, our sensory evaluation expert will permit them to carry out the first evaluation. This step ensures that the tasters are all up to the same high standard. They must all work within the same parameters before evaluating the flavor catalog samples. A tool with lasting impact. Yorn explains that the Connecting Central America project aims to work alongside local partners to support cacao producers and provide them with lasting skills and knowledge. The Flavor Catalog project is an excellent example of our desire to leave behind a tool with an impact beyond our project, he says. Alvaro confirms the value of sharing knowledge, CBI has been an example to us. He adds, the Connecting Central America project has done exactly what it set out to do. The catalog has resulted in better skills and knowledge. And it is a tool that companies can use even after the project has ended. Pronatech goes organic in new processing plant. Swiss company Pronatech opens its organic cocoa processing plant in Beringen, Switzerland, to produce semi-finished cocoa products, namely cocoa mass, cocoa butter, and cocoa powder. Around 15,000 tons of organic cocoa beans, sourced from smallholder cooperatives, will be processed by Pronatech Swiss cocoa production per year. Having its own cocoa processing plant enables Pronatech to control all phases of the value-added chain, bean procurement from small-scale farmers, fermentation, exportation, processing, and sale of the finished product. Each product can be traced back to the cocoa-growing smallholder, thanks to the company's direct-sourcing approach. More and more consumers are not only looking for sustainable products, but wanting to know exactly where the ingredients come from, said David Yerson, CEO, Pronatech. This production plant is our response to that trend. The company's cocoa masses are originally sourced from one place, which means the cocoa beans come from either one country, or a sole cooperative. For cocoa butter and cocoa powder, Pronatech uses mixtures of beans with a high proportion of cocoa beans from Yakao, the company's subsidiary in the Dominican Republic. In addition, all semi-finished cocoa products are produced in batches that are carefully separated, which means each consignment of beans does not mix with the previous or next production. This allows the processing plant to meet the stringent organic and fair trade certification requirements.
Yersin said, demand from the market is confirming the trend towards stricter labels, such as Bio Suisse and Demeter. Our products help to meet that need. He adds, the FSSC 22000 certified plant, which has its own laboratory, guarantees the highest food safety and quality standards. In addition to its own beans, Pronatech also processes its customers' beans under contract. Founded in 1976, Pronatech has been distributing sustainably manufactured products to the global food industry and retailers, specifically in Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Asia, Australia, and North America. The company's products include cocoa beans, semi-finished cocoa products, chocolate and coatings, sugar, vanilla, and diverse organic and fair trade certified spices. Registration for RCI's 2022 Chocolate Summer Boot Camp now open. Slots are filling up fast for the Chocolate Boot Camp to be held from 8 to August 11, 2022 at Fascia's Chocolates in Waterbury, Connecticut. The summer course will be hosted by Retail Confectioners International, or RCI. RCI members and non-members are both welcome to enroll in the four-day course, where they can learn practical techniques that may be applied to their respective businesses. The program is also open to experts and neophytes in the confectionery industry. RCI has a long history as a valuable resource for small business owners, both established and new to the industry said Angie Burleson, Executive Director, RCI. She continue. The successes of past chocolate boot camp courses are an indication of the quality of materials and content that will be provided during the course. The hands-on approach, combined with the knowledge and experience our instructors have to offer, will give chocolate makers the tools they need to be successful in their businesses. Attendees can expect to achieve the following learning objectives throughout the summer boot camp. Tempering, preventing bloom, applying and using chocolate and compounds, selecting chocolate for different applications, depositing and enrobing techniques, managing mistakes, making meltaways, bark, truffles and ganache, critical sensory evaluation, good manufacturing practices, sanitation, and basic traceability systems. The course instructors include renowned chocolate specialists and managers in the industry, such as Randy Hofberger, consultant at R&D Candy Consultants, LLC, Jim Bourne, president of Hilliard's Chocolate System, Brian Donaghy, corporate chocolatier and innovation center director at Tom Rick Systems, Inc., Denise Lansing, senior sales account manager at Clausen Quality Chocolate, Joe Sophia, chocolate specialist at Cargill Cocoa and Chocolate, and Marlene Stauffer, Director of Regulatory Compliance at Blommer Chocolate Company Alongside the opening of the registration, RCI also introduces this year's Dennis R. Witzel Chocolate Boot Camp Scholar, Lindsay Greer of Deech Brothers in Findlay, Ohio. The second recipient of the scholarship, Greer is entitled to take the $1,250 course in August for free. Out of his passion for chocolate and desire to share his knowledge, Dennis Witzel established the Chocolate Boot Camp Scholarship for RCI members, before his death in 2020. He worked in the chocolate industry for 47 years as a salesman, and coordinated and instructed at various chocolate-related educational initiatives, including RCI's Chocolate Boot Camp. The confidence, knowledge, understanding, and friendships I made, in just a few short days are absolutely worth taking this course, said Allison Mortensen of Charval Candies the first recipient of Dennis R. Witzel Chocolate Boot Camp Scholarship.
According to Mortensen, the boot camp starts with learning in class in the morning and making chocolates in labs in the afternoon. More details about the scholarship can be found in the article on Bar Talks. The Nigerian government stated last week that it was committed to increasing Nigeria's cocoa production to 500,000 tons by 2024. The country, which is the fourth largest cocoa producer in the world, is expected to have a slight drop in production this year to around 270 to 280,000 tons. Meeting the goal a mere two years later looks ambitious. However, this is the official position held by the Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development, Dr. Mohamed Abubakar, which he stated following a meeting with Mr. Arian Michel, Executive Director, International Cocoa Organization, ICCO. In fact, the ICCO and Dr. Mohamed Abubakar appear to be starting from different numbers. The minister believes Nigeria is producing 340,000 tons currently. He said, Commitment of the federal government to increase Nigeria's cocoa production from the present 340,000 tons to 500,000 tons by 2024. However, the official ICCO statistics are telling a different story. Production appears to be going down, not up. Dr. Abubakar continued. Recently, Nigeria has made a remarkable move to join the Living Income Differential, LID initiatives, which was established by Côte d'Ivoire and Ghana in 2019, which aims at guaranteeing the livelihood of smallholder farmers through LID of $400 per tonne of cocoa beans sold. The two countries are benefiting, while Nigerian cocoa farmers are at a disadvantage of this benefit due to unregulated and liberalized cocoa industry in the country, Abubakar said. I'm not sure the farmers in Ghana and Côte d'Ivoire would necessarily agree. The LID has been enforced, but it seems the country premiums have been correspondingly cut. Mr. Arian Michel, executive director of the ICCO put it this way, the price is determined in Europe and there is a need to address the issues of market force. He's not wrong, the market forces drive the price, and if we want farmers to be paid more, perhaps a different mechanism needs to be considered. Some countries have a regulated minimum wage, because otherwise market forces would drive some low-paid jobs below a decent living standard. Isn't this the same argument?